This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Seeing on Twitter here that Ted Cruz is challenging actor Ron Perlman to wrestle Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. If Perlman agrees, Ted Cruz will donate $10,000 to charity. I guess if Perlman can last five minutes with, uh, was he a high school wrestling coach, college wrestling coach, Jim Jordan? Uh, wasn't he, wasn't he Ohio state? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, I'm sure Jim Jordan himself not too pleased with Ted Cruz reminding everybody of Jim Jordan's uh, career as a wrestling coach, which a lot of controversy surrounds it because the team coach was a serial sexual abuser and there are allegations of whether or not Jim Jordan knew about it. Plenty of allegations that he did know about it, though Jim Jordan has denied those. Um, But yeah, I guess uh, Ted Cruz just... um, Totally normal stuff here, trying to uh, get grown men to wrestle each other here. Um, I guess this is because Ron Perlman called Jim Jordan ugly. (laughs) Uh, um, I didn't look too much into it, but uh, maybe this will happen. I seem to remember, Did I don't know if this actually happened, but I have this vague memory of Mitt Romney boxing someone a few years ago. Did that actually happen? Whoa, I'm uh, I'm remembering that right now, and I feel like I have to Google it. Like I, nothing, I feel like I have nothing a, that's going to stop me. I feel like I have an image of a shirtless Mitt Romney in a boxing ring. Oh my God! There he is fighting Evander Holyfield. Yep, that's right. Oh my God! I don't think it was real because Evander Holyfield would have actually murdered him, but <laughs> he would have punched his face into next week. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, so maybe this will happen. Maybe we'll get to see Ron Perlman wrestle Jim Jordan. Um, I think Jim Jordan's kind of a, a shrimp, like a wrestling shrimp. A lot of wrestlers are kind of small because they fit within, like, a certain weight class. Uh, I feel like Ron Perlman's a big dude. I mean, he's the hell hellboy. And I feel like if they actually wrestled, Ron Perlman would beat the shit out of Jim Jordan. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, having that low center of gravity can be helpful in fighting. I guess that means Jim Jordan's harder to knock over, and he looks like a really like a really greasy guy, Jim Jordan. Yeah. It looks like he just like he sweats all the time. <laughs> the yeah. uh I I sorry, the I'd open CNN there for a second and it started auto playing. And I'm only noting that as a buildup to, I just saw a photo of shirtless Mitt Romney and now I will never be the same. <laughs> so there was a, uh, an interesting endorsement today from Bernie Sanders. He, uh, he came out in support of a congressional candidate, Beth Dolio, for U.S. House of Representatives in Washington's 10th district. <clears throat> Excuse me, Washington. T- wa- Let's try that a third time. Washington's 10th district. And uh, 
you might be wondering why am I bringing this up? Bernie Bernie Sanders endorses a lot of people, not Joshua for Congress, because that is the district he is running in, and um, it's not happening. Bernie's like Joshua. This could have been us, but you forgot to register. <laughs> you f- you forgot to register as a Democrat, and evidently his only real um, platform was like abolish the CIA, which is good, but there's a little more on the docket than just that. Solidarity with uh, Joshua for Congress as a poster. Um, not so much as a budding member of Congress, though. I don't know. Are, are his posts really that good? Or are you just saying like just because he's he's a poster? I guess a poster doesn't have to be a good poster. Yeah. But he is a poster. Yeah. I mean, if if you're a poster, it's pretty low bar for for being an ally in the posting wars. Um, I, I'd consider Joshua for Congress an ally in the posting wars. Let's move right. on. It's Monday, June 15th, 2020. Here's the news. Both good and bad news coming out of the Supreme Court today. The good news was pretty big, so we'll start there. Justices ruled that gay, transgender, and queer rights are, in fact, civil rights. The decision came from a 6-3 to three vote, with the four liberals on the court being joined by John Roberts and Neil Gorsuch. Samuel Alito wrote a 107-page dissent joined by Clarence Thomas. Half of it is an appendix with exhibits like dictionary definitions of sex, very normal stuff. Brett Kavanaugh also wrote another dissent, which was 27 pages, a more normal length, but still on the wrong side of history. The majority opinion was written by Neil Gorsuch. As we noted in an episode last month, the the Trump appointee seems to have a bit of a softer side on certain issues like American Indian tribal sovereignty. Evidently, LGBTQ rights is another one of those issues where Gorsuch can approximate a human being. As he wrote in his opinion, quote, Today we must decide whether an employer can fire someone simply for being homosexual or transgender. The answer is clear. An employee who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex, end of quote. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act bans workplace discrimination on the grounds of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. To make things better for everyone else and worse for the right-wing losers melting down over this, Gorsuch also shat on the idea of originalism, conservative notion that laws can only mean what they were originally intended to mean when written. Gorsuch noted that the initial drafters of the Civil Rights Act might not have been thinking about gay and trans people, but, quote, likely they weren't thinking about many of the act's consequences that have become apparent over the years, including its prohibition against discrimination on the basis of motherhood or its ban on the sexual harassment of male employees. Just the saltiest tears today at the Federalist Society. Well, that's what you get for being bigoted trad weirdos owned. Though the case centered around workplace rights, it will likely strengthen all manners of civil rights law to combat discrimination against gay and trans people. Though Gorsuch noted it doesn't impact cases about bathrooms and locker rooms. Also, he said religious exemptions might be granted by the court in the future. Nevertheless, it was a great outcome for our gay and trans friends. 
But because it's the Supreme Court, justices also released a shitty decision today. More on that shortly. Yes, but first, the nationwide protests against police and systemic racism continued over the weekend, with marches and mass protests in major cities across the country. In Atlanta, the movement was again reminded why it was necessary after police officers shot and killed Richard Brooks as he was running away from them in a Wendy's parking lot on Friday night. Brooks died of two gunshot wounds to his back. He was shot in the back. Police arrived on the scene in response to a call about a man sleeping in his car. Video shows Brooks calmly talking to police officers who believe that he drank too much. Police then attempt to arrest Brooks, who resists. A scuffle ensues, and Brooks runs away from the officers, after which police open fire on him, killing him and striking other nearby vehicles in the parking lot. Police claim Brooks took one of the officers' tasers, which, even if true, wouldn't have justified lethal force as Brooks was running away. Again, he was shot twice in the back. The officer who shot Brooks, Gary Rolfe, was fired. The second officer has resigned, and the Atlanta police chief has also resigned. Rolf's firing came only after protests hit the streets of Atlanta and after the Wendy's where Brooks was murdered was set on fire. Attorneys representing the Brooks family are calling for criminal charges against Rolf. The Fulton County District Attorney announced that a decision on that could come as soon as this week. Mass demonstrations were carried out all throughout Monday in Atlanta. Now, this is an issue that the Supreme Court signaled today that it wants nothing to do with. The justices issued an unsigned order declining to take up cases involving qualified immunity for police, a legal doctrine that has operated as a de facto get-out-of-jail-free card for officers who have killed people. Although it was noted that Justice Clarence Thomas dissented, writing that the doctrine, as interpreted by lower courts, has strayed from the text... Justice Sonia Sotomayor has also expressed an interest in looking into qualified immunity for police. The qualified immunity doctrine was established by the Supreme Court. And now that there's a nationwide uprising uh, against it, against this doctrine, well, against police, but this is part of the problem, this doctrine of qualified immunity, the court just doesn't want to revisit it at the moment. Meanwhile, the Trump administration is reportedly preparing an executive order of its own to establish a national standard for police use of force, as though the problem is there aren't enough rules instead of cops just don't give a shit about the rules. Yeah, the number of rules are fine. Uh, The number of cops, uh, not so much. We're not done yet with Supreme Court bad news. Justices today gave a huge boost to a natural gas pipeline through Appalachia in a 7-2 ruling. The conservatives were unified on this one, getting the votes of Stephen Breyer and the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Owned. (laughs) The so-called Atlantic Coast Pipeline, owned by Dominion Energy, is set to stretch 600 miles from West Virginia down into North Carolina. Permits for its construction were revoked last year by the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. At the heart of the matter, a 16-mile section of the pipeline running, running underneath the Appalachian Trail. The circuit said that the National Park Service had jurisdiction over the trail and that permits were therefore improperly granted by the U.S. Forest Service. But the court reversed that decision today, 
Writing for the majority, Clarence Thomas said the National Park Service only had very narrow authority, quote, an easement for the specified and limited purpose of establishing and administering a trail, but the land itself remained under the jurisdiction of the Forest Service. How the Park Service will administer the trail if an oil pipeline bursts underneath it, Clarence Thomas doesn't say. Either way, a major obstacle for Dominion Energy and the Atlantic Coast Pipeline was removed today. In the dissent, Sonia Sotomayor picked up on the farcical nature of this reasoning, in addition to claiming the text of the law was against the majority plainly. She criticized the court for trying to, quote, detach the Appalachian Trail from land. She wrote, the majority's complicated discussion of private law easements, footpath maintenance, differently worded statutes, and policy masks the simple and only dispute here is the, is the Appalachian National Scenic Trail land in the national park system? Now, uh, I've only hiked a small portion of the trail, but I believe the answer is yes. I'll take yes as the answer, and I don't think I've hiked any of the Appalachian Trail. Although I, I've been on it before, but I wouldn't really call it hiking. I kind of just walked around it as I was near it once. It was near the uh, highway, and you just pulled off. And There's isn't there a isn't there kind of like a jump on near Harper's Ferry? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah. That's where the, I... I mean, yes, I I think that's exactly right. And um, yeah, there are jump ons uh, all around. Major yeah, I think I jumped areas. on so I could briefly be like, "Look, I'm on the Appalachian Trail." Look, Ma, I'm on the dang trail. <laughs> Finally today, don't forget about coronavirus. It hasn't forgotten about us. The number of new COVID cases spiked over the weekend to nearly 26,000 new cases in the U.S. on Saturday. That's the largest single-day total in a month. 21 states are now reporting increases in coronavirus cases. For example, the state of Alabama saw a 92% increase in its seven-day average of virus cases. You could call it a second wave, although the first wave never really ended before the federal and state governments called it quits in the fight against coronavirus and just started forcing people back to work. And this time around, President Trump won't be able to rely on his so-called silver bullet against the virus, hydroxychloroquine. During the height of the pandemic, Trump hyped the reliability of the anti-malarial drug as a treatment against COVID-19, going as far as admitting that he himself is taking hydroxychloroquine as a precaution. The FDA even went as far as changing policy to allow hospitals to treat patients using the drug despite there being no clinical trials to determine how effective or harmful it was. Trump's repeated assurances came despite evidence that hydroxychloroquine wasn't effective and that, in fact, it carried cardiovascular risks. Well, on Monday, the FDA finally withdrew its emergency authorization allowing hydroxychloroquine to be used as a COVID-19 treatment, citing research showing no benefit in using the drug. The decision by the FDA adds credence to the allegations made by government scientist and whistleblower Rick Bright, who said in May that he was punished at his position at Health and Human Services for raising doubt about the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine. Meanwhile, outside the United States, coronavirus is clearly not contained. Countries like Russia and Brazil are still seeing their cases per day drastically increase. Brazil, in fact, overtook the UK with the second most cases in the world. Russia also revised its coronavirus infection total after being pressured by the World Health Organization. 
The numbers out of Moscow now have doubled. And that music means the newscast is over, which means we're going to read some poetry for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month, you get access to all the bonus content, plus you get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. I'll go first. This one is for Lucas. Hey, don't fall for it. Good decision today, but abolish the court. This is for CS. Actually, you're wrong. Tomato is not a fruit. Emailing Chomsky. (laughs) Thank you, CS. Let me know uh, how he replies. This is for Weldon. A snake with four legs. You mean a salamander? Sorta, but longer. Sounds weird. Thank you, Weldon. Finally, this is for John Ryan. Very rude indeed. Please show us respect for once. Spiders, clean your webs. Huh, interesting point. Thank you for that. Thank you, John Ryan. And thanks to all the new subscribers over at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. That's it for the show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C. so you don't have to be.